choice e all of the above we're an educational podcast <laughs> you will learn so many things hi i'm jess oh i'm sarah <laughs> right you're gonna, you're gonna learn sarah. something today guys <laughs> i am sarah right yeah okay i, I learned something well, <laughs> <laughs> oh no guys we need to help sarah remember who she is the prophecy is foretold <laughs> the prophecy <laughs> is true uh mm. oh. <laughs> Yeah, we're talking about Michigan. Sarah, what do you know about Michigan? What is it? It looks like a mitten. Oh my gosh, I know. When I was growing up, I would always, I had a puzzle that was the United States, and Michigan was my favorite just because of its shape. Like my favorite uh, country in Africa is Chad because it looks like a person. His name is Chad. Yeah, it looks like a person. It looks like a little head. It has a yeah. nose. It has it has some hair. Yeah. It's a dude. And Chad. <laughs> but yeah, so I like Michigan, but I've never been there, so tell me. Been there once. What happened? What was it like? Uh you know. It just was. It yeah. Uh I really like um, Mackinac Island. It's in the middle of one of the Great Lakes. I don't remember which one. But on the island, you have to take a really creepy bridge with grates. And I don't you can, like, like that. See, and, yeah. And, uh, no automobiles are allowed onto the island. Okay. Yeah, they have, like, horse-drawn carriages and stuff. That's cool. Yeah, we weren't on there for very long because of my grandfather. But, you know... <laughs> But it was so cool, it. yeah, and That's I'm sorry, really cool. I, I, it was a long time ago, it reminded me a lot of Minnesota. Really? Well, the weather did, I guess. Yeah. I've never been north. <laughs> like, I've been to New York, I, that was a lie, I recently went there, but it was for a couple days, and that was really fun. Yeah. But I have zero Michigan stories. Yeah, we were near Flint. Hello? Hello? I thought I turned my sound off. But anyways, yeah. Uh, my aunt lives in Michigan. I, I, when I was there, I was like 12, 13. So I don't really remember much. Wait. Uh-huh. Ooh, it's all coming back to me. It's all, it's, it's all, all coming, coming back. back. It's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. So we were there for like a week. And part of the week, we stayed by the lake. Uh-huh. And that is where I found my most favorite book of all times. Okay. So, we stayed by the lake, and it was kind of cold, so we didn't really go swimming, but we swam for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I played with my cousins. I slept on a futon. Ooh, fun. It hurt. It was not a good futon. But my grandfather bought the kids, because he always tended to do this, he would buy us like books like little picture books and stuff and toys like you know one of those rings with the ball on it and you like stuck it on your ankle and you like like a skip bow yeah it was toys like that you know like frisbees like but the soft frisbees Mm -hmm. i don't know it was weird he also bought us like pails whatever it doesn't matter but my favorite book is called the people book Okay, I've never heard of that. It's on my shelf. But it's like a really long picture book. And it's on the bottom shelf. Because it's tall. And um, it talks about different cultures. And it's super cool. It like explains that even though we're all different, you know, it's really sappy like that. But it goes into detail. That's cool. In like kid form. It's my favorite book of all time. It's called People. Yeah. Written and illustrated by Peter Spire. Yeah. The quote on the front says, In many ways the saying, Know thyself, is not well said. It were more practical to say, Know other people. Which I mean is, it's pretty, I don't know. 
And by the year 2050, there will be 9 billion people on Earth, according to statistics from... Whenever this book was written. Yeah, when was this book? 1980. I didn't get it in 1980. I wasn't alive. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it's super cool. Highly recommend. I will be looking at this later. But that's what I did in Michigan. (laughs) That's fun. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. (sighs) So you have no Michigan stories whatsoever. I have none besides the tiny one I said about the puzzle. I don't know Michigan. Oh, I do know. Um, What was the name of that? Earlier in my studies, we were looking up. I told you that I found out what the Michigan State Rock was. Uh-huh. It's called the Potoski Stone. Ugh, still don't like that picture. It's a really cool looking rock, but if you have that fear of, what was it, like holes? Like or clusters like, of holes. Don't look at it. Because yeah. Because it there's a picture I don't like on it, here. It might, um. It might trigger, trigger. something. Yeah. It's kind of creepy. But I mean, I think it looks cool. I don't like just the up close ones, but the rock itself looks really, really cool. So y'all should look it up. It looks a like Potoski. an egg. Yeah, y'all should look up a Potoski stone. It honestly, like, kind of looks like cells. Oh, I was thinking like a dragon egg. Well, yes, but up close, it, I think it looks like. Cells. I'm also obsessed with dragons. So true. But that's one thing I know about it is that state rock is a Potoski stone that looked really, really freaking cool. A potato stone. Me. Do you want to hop on into that trivia? Aha, skip it a jump. Let's go. You go first. No, I don't. Yeah, I do. Yes, you what do. year was the video game Halo first released? <laughs> <sighs> November 15th, 2001. November 25th, 2004. November 25th, 2001. November 15th, 2004. Or none of the above. You are really creative. <laughs> In your answer choices. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I did play the video game Halo growing up. I know nothing about it. I played Reach, though. Like, Halo Reach was the one I loved. I didn't really play any of the older ones. I've seen one episode of the cartoon. The cartoon? hmm Is it called Halo? hmm I didn't know they made a cartoon. I've seen, like, Red vs. Blue. No idea. <laughs> Well, the game's fun. Um, I have a lot of fond memories with the game Halo. So November 15th is my little sister's birthday. So I feel like I feel like I need to pick one of those. Um, I'm going to say November 15th, 2001. Answer choice A. You are correct. <gasps> <gasps> oh my god. That's exciting. I'm so happy I guessed right. Yeah. That leaves me guessing, like, what does Halo have to do with this? <laughs> I want to see you. We're going to learn. Um, okay, we'll go to my trivia. Trivia one, what is the state nickname of Michigan? You're as bad as me. No, this one's funny. Okay. So don't worry about it. So, A, the possum state. B, the raccoon state. C, the elk state. D, the beaver state. Or E, the wolverine state. Wolverine. No, uh, I'm gonna go with answer choice D, the beaver state. It's the wolverine state. This is why I'm horrible. But it's funny, because there are no more wolverines in Michigan. That's not funny. No, I think, like, the name's ironic. It's not funny. It's not funny, because it just means, it's like the dodo bird. That's sad now, but. Well. It's the Wolverine you state. It. I wonder if it's Wolverine after like Wolverine. Marvel's Wolverine. Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but that's probably what they say now. It's like no, we don't mean like the. It's animal. like Logan. We don't have Logan. Logan. You know Logan. You, you know him. You know Hugh Jackman. It's him. It's him. The Hugh Jackman. Not the fact that we killed off all the Wolverines. Not that. Just ignore that. It, it's Hugh Jackman. Wolverine. Logan. You know? <laughs> Anyways. Bub? <laughs> Sorry. Right. So that, that was my trivia. <laughs> what year was the University of Michigan founded? <laughs> What's this with dates? 
Want to go on a date? No. Um. <laughs> a, 1889. B, 1790. C, 1971. D, 1817. Or E, 1781. <laughs> I'm just going to say 1781. Am I right? That is incorrect. No. It's 1817. Oof. I'm sad. I wanted to be right. So now I'm just thinking, like, (laughs) University of Michigan Halo. (laughs) Like, it's a big Halo fight. Obviously. Okay. On the moon. (laughs) Trivia 2. Who out of these people allegedly tried to make a machine to catch ghosts? Me. (laughs) (laughs) Your name's not on this list. Should be. A. Samuel Morse. B. Nikola Tesla. Nicholas Cage. Leonardo da Vinci. (laughs) D. Thomas Edison. Or E. Alexander Graham Bell. Just because I love it. Nikola Tesla. It was Thomas Edison. Oh no! But Edison (laughs) also tried to steal so much from Tesla. Well, so it could have been Tesla. (laughs) I mean, I think it's Tesla. Because Edison is a fake. Well, the thing about... Well, he wasn't a fake, but he may have stolen some ideas. Most I He, he did. Like, yes. We I know he did. I know. We know he was mean. He was well, a bully. There's the, a movie coming out about it called Tesla. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. The thing about Thomas Edison and ghosts is that he, was, he, didn't, he wasn't really a believer, but he did believe that, like, people had different things. It, it's a... He's big like, ordeal. I don't like it. But, um, they don't really have proof that he tried to catch ghosts with the machine, because there's not any, like, patents or anything left. They don't think it left the, like, thought process. Like, he never actually tried to build something. Sure. Who are you gonna call? You have opinions. Ghostbusters! Well, that's cool. I guess. Sure, Jan. My name is not Jan. How long have we known each other? I don't know. Uh-huh. Time is irrelevant. Nothing is real. Gravity is only a theory. <laughs> Anyways. We should not hang out. No. So. Tell me a story. What'd you draw? I drew psychology. Fun. No. <laughs> Nothing happened in Michigan. <laughs> However, one, I guess, happened in Michigan. But it's kind of... How do I put this? It is it exciting? It's just kind of depressing. Oh no. But not like I don't know, you'll find out. Okay. So in Michigan, there was a um experiment called or no, it was a theory called the halo effect. Okay. Like Beyonce, I want to see your halo. Halo. Anyways. Halo. Uh, So a quote is, also known as the physical attractiveness stereotype and the what is beautiful is good principle. The halo effect at the most specific level refers to the habitual tendency of people to rate attractive individuals more favorably for their personality traits or characteristics than those who are less attractive. Halo effect is also used in a more general sense to describe the global impact of likable personality or some specific desirable trait in creating biased judgments of the target person on any dimension. Thus, feelings generally overcome mm, cognitions when we appraise others. Basically, if you're pretty, you're, you're better. Stuff, yeah. And if you're not as pretty, you're, not, you're, you're a normal batter. person. You're better. You are cake better. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a quote um, from Standing LG in the Stage Encyclopedia of Social Science Research Meso- Methods. But I got this quote. From that on the Very Well Mind website. (laughs) 
So this study was conducted in 1977 at the University of Michigan and was conducted by Richard E. Nisbet and Timothy DeCamp Wilson. The halo effect has been discussed and questioned by psychologists for many years, mainly ever since Edward L. Thorndike gave the phenomenon its name in the 1920s. He first used the term in his research paper titled The Constant Error in Psychology, uh, Psychological Ratings. When he conducted his research, he asked some commanding officers in the military to evaluate a group of their subordinate soldiers by describing some of their qualities and characteristics, which included things like leadership, physical appearance, intelligence, loyalty, and dependability. Thorndike wanted to be able to figure out where the border between the ratings of a person's dependability and the quality crossed that line over their personal characteristics. That's interesting. Yeah. He found that the ratings between quality almost always had a high connection to that of the other characteristics, if you know what I'm saying. A quote from the research states, the correlations were too high and, e and too even, Thorndike wrote. For example, for the three raiders next studied, the average correlation for physique with intelligence is 0.31 for physique with leadership, 0.39 for physique with character, 0.28. So to break this down in layman's terms, <laughs> In Sarah terminology <laughs> if you were well put together if you always had your uniform right your hair pulled back and slicked back nicely and you always were attention and you were always on time and you were always just the best of the best the Gryffindor of the group even if you weren't smart you were still smart in the eyes of the generals. Hmm. If you were loyal, you were smart. But if you were a normal person, and sometimes you just arrive late, you might have one wrinkle in your uniform. You're not smart. You're not as smart as your neighbor. But you're smart. Like, they, they know that... In they know the actual difference between smart and not smart, but you get, like, extra kudo points. Yeah. Because you're just judging by appearance. Mm -hmm. Every human judges by appearance. Yes. We all do. Some, however, are just a more capable of recognizing that and then moving on from that. Mm -hmm. And just some people are, I don't want to like, I don't know, I don't want to generalize too much or point fingers, but some people are able to look at somebody make that irrational judgment at first and then just push it away but like it's still there and then some people tend to act on it which is like a real psychological thing mm -hmm. some people are more judgmental than others and act on and that actually judgment. like use that judgment right okay and that's what they're the reason why i say that is not to be mean but that's what they're researching yeah. is why i say that one of the biggest players within this halo effect is that of attractiveness, as I was saying. Um, they found that we tend to rate people who we think are good-looking higher and also correlate them to have more positive personality traits and that they are more intelligent. One study even found that ju uh, jurors are far less likely to believe that attractive people were guilty of a crime to that of somebody who might not be as a attractive physically mm, right that's interesting mm -hmm. however the other side of this sword does not lack a blade it might be more likely to believe that a good-looking person is more positive and a good person in general but more people are also they more tend to believe that the good-looking individuals are vain, dishonest, and likely to use their good looks in order to manipulate others, causing that distrust rift between, you know. That sucks. Right? There's, like, no, like, actual good spot. <laughs> it's, like... Definitely not. It's, like, no, you're bad. <laughs> or, like, you're really good. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no It's almost spot. like 
people who are attracted to the mysterious the mysterious characters in like all movies are yeah. really beautiful like mm-hmm. they're gorgeous whether it be male female or non-binary like they're always attractive because it causes that mystery of can i actually trust them yeah yeah you know and they're usually portrayed as very vain and they're very well aware of how attractive they are mm-hmm. yeah in 1977, with Nisbet and uh, DeCamp Wilson, they created an experiment to prove that the average Joe does not know practically anything concerning this phenomenon. Okay. They wanted to show just how personal judgments based on physical appearance, appearances and other more complex social behaviors can interfere with how we view and perceive others. This experiment used college students as their judgment, which is a very judgmental body. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like using middle schoolers, but older. <laughs> I would say that college students are older middle schoolers. Pretty much. Yes. Uh, because in high school, you want to be an adult, so, like, you <laughs> act gross because you're in high school. And once you become an adult, you're like, I don't want it. I don't know how to do this. Exactly. <laughs> Two different types of gross. I'm a kid again. <laughs> I'm a real boy. <laughs> okay, Pinocchio. Hehe. <laughs> so the students are ran- uh, were randomly su- assigned to two different groups. And d- each group was shown one of two different interviews uh, with the same instructor. They were asked to evaluate a videotaped interview of the instructor. This instructor was a native French-speaking Belgian who was able to speak English but had an accent. This first video, uh, in the first video, the instructor presented himself in a kind and mild-mannered way. He was respectful to his students' intelligence and motives, and approached teaching his class with enthusiasm. A good teacher. Yeah. Yeah, you would say so. The second video was very much the opposite of the first. He was unlike... He was unlikable and cold. He acted distrustful towards the students and had a very rigid teaching style, but still Mm. taught the same thing. Yeah, like same thing, same teacher, just kind of a different way of delivering. A different attitude. Mm -hmm. After watching the videos, the students were asked to rate the lecture on their physical appearance, mannerisms, and his accent. And even though physical appearance and accent were kept the same throughout both videos... There was still a difference. Okay. The subjects were asked to rate their experience experience on an eight to eight point scale from like extremely to dislike extremely. So it was like one of those like you can have a neutral in the middle and like four yeah. dots on either side sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the researchers were also interested in knowing how much their liking for the teacher influenced the ratings they just made. Other students were asked to identify how much the characteristics they just rated influenced their liking of the teacher. According to the research, the subjects seemed to come out more puzzled than they were while they were taking the test. Okay. When they saw the results, they were puzzled at how they gave one lecturer a higher rating than the other when they were the same person and looked the exact same and taught the same material. Most claim that they noted the way how the lecturer talked, but they did not, they had not taken that into account when making the, making, or take, bleh, while they were answering the questionnaire. The interesting thing about the phenomenon is how a person can understand the concept behind the effect but then be completely unaware of it when it's occurring. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy because, like, you might not even know that you're doing it. Right. That's my brain. Mm-hmm. People make judgments about people all the time. And even when it is pointed out to them, they will still deny it up and down until they and claim that it has nothing to do with the halo effect especially if they know about the halo effect mm-hmm. like if you ask me after meeting somebody and you were like hey you you were kind of you definitely judged them before mm-hmm. you talked to them i'd be like no i didn't 
Yeah. Like, they did something to cause me it's to like judge them. like, you subconsciously yeah. decided like, to do that. I would say, they just gave me a weird vibe. Yeah. You know? Like, they, I didn't seem like they liked me. Or mm-hmm. something like that. Or if they were somebody who I, who I thought was attractive, I would instantly have a completely different reaction. Yeah. Even if they did the same thing as somebody who I didn't think was attractive. Ooh. And that doesn't mean, like, I think they're ugly, it's just, like, an average person compared to somebody who I would be genuinely attracted to. Yeah, and it's so subconscious that you don't even think about it. Like, right. you honest to God think, like, no, I gave them just as much of a chance as anybody else. Yeah. But in your brain, it calculates all these things without you realizing it. Yeah. This effect can influence how teachers treat students, but it can also affect how the students perceive the teachers, which is really important I guess Mm -hmm. for example in one study when a teacher was perceived as a warm and friendly person the students also rated them as a more attractive appealing and likable person Mm. this halo effect impacts every person especially in the workplace which is where it can get kind of like Mm. messy being aware of the being aware of this could help influence a teacher and employers and etc in order to try and have them focus more on the traits and accomplishments rather than focusing on their presentation and so forth. Because what if you, like during an interview, you are one of the most perfect people for the job. Like you have all the requirements, you are a good person, Mm -hmm. you are a very um, efficient person in the workplace. You have all the qualifications. But you're really nervous. And so you go into, the, like, you're even dressed to the nines. Yeah. You know what you're going to talk about, and you go into the uh, interview, and your palms are really sweaty, and you're just shaking really badly. hmm So you're in the interview, and you're shaking. Yeah. And the interviewer notices it. That can immediately put a bad thought in their head. Exactly. And that one bad even thought... Even though it's normal to be nervous. Right. But... It's still first impression. Yeah, yeah. And that's why a lot of people believe uh, first impressions are so important. Mm-hmm. They really what, are. Yeah, but nobody really understands why. And they're saying that this is why. The halo effect. Right. And then it transposes throughout. Gotcha. Right. Even so, humans make judgments, which is important. Uh, and is a part of our nature. However, it is important to notice when that judgment is getting in the way of kindness and rational decision-making. Because some people are really driven by their first impressions. Yeah. Some people are pretty judgmental. Mm -hmm. I think I can say that pretty easily. But not, like, I mean, I've been judged, and I'm sure I have judged people, too. I, I mean, it's inevitable. I certainly have. Yeah. Huh. It makes me want to, like, really pay attention every time I meet someone. Yeah. You know what or I mean? Or even, like, every time you are around Anybody. Somebody. Yeah. And some people... Okay, this kind of freaks me out and kind of grinds my gears, I guess. Some people put their... Uh, what is it? Like, they identify themselves through their judgment. Okay. You know, like, they're like, I'm just a judgmental person. Oh, like, they have pride in it. Yeah. Mm. I don't like that. I don't either. Don't judge people. Be nice. <laughs> yeah, Love why can't we yourself. just be nice? Love each other. Yeah, but Those... I have met multiple people who are just like, I'm a judgmental person. Like, I just like, do that. Like, I'm an IF. Uh, INFJ, you know, like, judgment, it's in there. Really? When I've taken the test, I've gotten INFJ and INFP and ENFJ and ENFP. I don't remember what I have. It's been a while. uh, It depends on my mood because I am am. What is it? Um, I'm an INTP. I'm an ambivert. I'm an introvert all the way. I'm an ambivert. But it doesn't matter. So yeah, don't judge. Be nice. Love each other. (laughs) Love each other. I like that. That's super interesting. Yeah. Michigan. I'm stuck in my head. 
Yeah, you were saying it was hard looking up psychology stuff in Michigan. It was hard. I drew history. That's easier. Easier, yes. Not a lot of great things happened in Michigan. <laughs> like, yes, there was a lot of historical events and stuff like that. At one point, I found out that the Kellogg's headquarters are there. Yeah. Um, and I thought of doing something on that and how it has, like, <laughs> The biggest concrete something or the biggest limestone deposit. Limestone. Stuff like that. So, I ended up... (laughs) What? I ended up researching Ford. Love that. (laughs) Just just stay with me, okay? I, I, I studied Henry Ford. He is native there, and that's where the, all the things happened. Native Michigan. Was in Michigan. Do you know what one of the nicknames for someone from Michigan is? No, but I want to know. A Michigander. Just taking a gander in mission. Yeah. My mission is gandering. I'm talking about Henry Ford. Ford tough. <laughs> Found on the road dead. Hey, guys. <laughs> When I was growing up, my dad had a Ford pickup truck and a Chevy truck, and I was just like, I don't understand why everyone says Fords are bad. That's all I've ever had. Like, I mean, I have a Ford. I used to have a Ford. I don't anymore. So. You have a, uh. Veloster. A Velociraptor. Yes. And you have a Jurassic Park car. I have a Hyundai. I have a Hyundai. Um, so. Hun. Henry Ford, a lot of people know who that is due to the last name. Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that Henry Ford He's boy? the president, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, Ford was the president. Ford was, but not this one. <laughs> not this Ford. Not this one. This is Henry Ford. He was the one who developed the assembly line. Ford, assemble! Oh my gosh. <laughs> you don't know what an assembly line is? Quick overview. It's... The thing that you can do whenever you're building things, and it makes things go quicker. Anyways, um, <laughs> don't laugh at me. If you don't know what assembly line is. I was helping. All right. All right. It's when you assemble things in a line. So. Avengers, assemble. Henry Ford is the man who made what is really well known. It's called the Model T automobile, and we still have Ford automobiles today. Believe it or not, um, the Model T is not the first one. The first one was a Model A. In case you didn't know that. And then they just had to keep trying. Pretty much. So, um, he was from Michigan, and because my stories have been really, really long lately, I thought that I would just cover a little bit. So, it's not super long, but it's not, like, super, super short. It's just some interesting things about him. So, a quick biography. Henry grew up in Greenfield Township, Michigan. His father was a farmer, and he wanted Henry to take over the family farm. And he said, nope. He said, no, no. No, 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 no. (laughs) Stop. He didn't really want a farm. He was like, no, Dad. That's what you want me to do. Shut up. (laughs) That's what he pulled. Um... He was much more interested in what machines. What I want, Dad? That's your dream. Not mine. I have <laughs> dreams, too, you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, he was interested in machines and building things and tinkering and all that stuff. Tinker toys. Yes. So, he left home at the age of 16. I'm 16, Dad. He's like, screw this farm. I'm out of here. I know what I want. I'm 16. I, I'm an adult. I'm 16. I'm an adult. I love him, Dad! <laughs> I can take care of myself. I'm 16 years old. Why don't you trust me? I'm 16. I trust myself. Why don't you Ugh. trust me? Anyways, 16-year-olds are dumb. So I wasn't a dumb 16-year-old. Everyone's a dumb 16-year-old. You'll I'm realize it one day. <laughs> You're right. I'm only 13. <laughs> so, um... He goes to Detroit because he wants to become an apprentice. I don't know the correct way to say this word. Is it machinist or like... Okay. My brain wanted to be like mechanist. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't think, I didn't think that was right. 
I like Mecca. A mechanist. Oh, no. <laughs> Never mind. Um, so what ended up happening was Henry got a job at the Edison Illuminating Company. Which I know you have strong feelings about Edison. I was I didn't know that until now. I'm sorry. Um, I have strong feelings about a lot of things. I just don't usually open my mouth, but I'm tired, so. Oh my gosh, I know. It's 11.50 p.m. Here I am. Full um, glory. So, uh, the Edison Illuminating Company later became Detroit Edison. And, uh... Henry soon worked his way up to be a chief engineer. So he worked his way up in the company. That was pretty cool. He actually did meet Edison at a conference. And it was right after he had started trying to build a car. <laughs> like his first idea of a car, which was called like a quadricycle. Same. <laughs> because it was basically a glorified bike with four... Four, it had four bicycle tires and a motor. Me. That's so, what I run on. Me, too. So he was trying really hard, um, and his co-worker was, introduced him to Edison. He was like, dude, this guy's making this thing. And Edison ended up actually saying, like, you should do that. Like, pursue that. He didn't steal his plans. Whoa. He was probably I like, know, I can't Big for Edison. No, he was probably like, it's never going to work. Probably. He actually encouraged him to um, try to make a car, like, full-time. Like, that's what he should try to do. So, um, Edison and Ford ended up being really close friends, like, throughout their whole life. Mm -hmm. Until Edison passed away. And this... This is honestly just this... Fact is why I chose to cover this. Are you ready? No. When Thomas Edison passed away, as per the request of Ford, Edison's son captured his last exhale in a test tube and sealed it with a cork. Ford kept the tube as a memorial to Edison's life and breath. That's what I'm going to do when you die. (laughs) I mean, whoever goes first, let's steal our air. Okay, bet. You make me sound like air supply. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. I know. I was actually quoting something. I was going to see if you could catch it. I I started singing air supply, if that counts. Sure. I was quoting Heather's. Oh. Oh. You make me sound like air supply. I mean. It's okay. It was a really... I just took it literally. I mean, I love yours. Thank you. It was good. So. It's my love for you. Thanks. I was saying that to Air Supply. Oh. It was a quote. Beautiful. Uh, so in 1914, I thought this was kind of cool. Um, in 1914, Ford offered his employees double the current market average... Uh, he created, like, what was known as Henry Ford's $5 a day. So that was the new salary, and it was accompanied by a shorter working day and company profit sharing, and it... How did he afford that? I don't know. (laughs) And it minimized employee turnover and was significant in growing the middle class and fair wages movement, and Henry Ford was quoting saying he wanted to help his workers to a life, not just a living. (laughs) This is, like, when he was established. Like, after he was, like, pumping out cars. He, um, I think the minimum wage at that time was, like, $2 and something cents for an, a nine-hour work More day. More cents than I got. Right. <laughs> but they would get paid, like, a little over $2 for working nine hours. And he bumped it up to where they only worked eight hours, and he paid them double. He paid them $5 a day. Which sounds crazy now, but back then, you know, inflation and all that. Yeah. But I just thought that was cool. Um, during World War One, Ford tried his hand in the aviation business, and he started the Ford Airplane Company. Hmm. So you know how Ford, people say, found on road dead? That's where it was. Imagine going. an airplane. 
found on That'd be bad. That'd be a little bad. It'd be a little bad. Well, it's okay because the um I US ain't dead yet. <laughs> the US Centennial of Flight Commission recognized Ford as a pioneer of aviation in two thousand two, but the Ford Airplane Division shut down in nineteen thirty three due to lackluster sales. So like he really was trying <sighs> to be part of this innovative thing and nobody cared. They're like, you have your place. They're like, make a car. That's it. Thank you. Um, Ford ended up writing a book called My Life and Work. And he wrote about a case when Ford Corporation employed bedridden men who were only able to sit up. So work and ability to do something made these people get better faster. And it demonstrates that if giving a chance and if distracted from their illness... Men can be very productive and have very high level of motivation for work. Bro, that's so cool. Yeah, so here's actually a quote that Henry Ford says in his book. Quote, We have experimented with bedridden men, men who were able to sit up. We put black oilcloth covers or aprons over the beds and set the men to work screwing nuts on small bolts. This is a job that has to be done by hand and on which 15 or 20 men are kept busy in the magneto department. The men in the hospital could do it just as well as the men in the shop, and they were able to receive their regular wages. In fact, their production was about 20%. I believe above the usual shop production. No man had to do the work unless he wanted to, but they all wanted to. It kept time from hanging on their hands. They slept and ate better and recovered more rapidly. And Ford was also known for hiring the handicapped African Americans as well as women. Yeah, the time that these practices were pretty rare. Yes. Um, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, "Wow, you're awesome, Ford." So, the techniques he used to like make stuff made it where Ford Motor Company turned out one Model T every twenty four seconds. Bruh, that's yeah. so many seconds. Like so many cars and so many cars in so little seconds. <laughs> so one other thing is uh Henry Ford once claimed that he never made a mistake in his life. Same. He said in an interview, quote, Never and neither did you ever make a mistake or anybody else. For what purpose do you suppose you're living on earth? Do you know what you're here for? I'll tell you what. Every little person is here. Every living person is here for, and that is to get experience. That's all we can get out of life. I love that. Yeah. Um, so, during all of this research, I was like, oh my god, Ford sounds like such a great person. Like, he's helping all these people, blah, blah, blah. And then I came across it. No. Oh, and then I came across. You're ruin it. I came across, and I, like, didn't want, I wanted to be like, oh, Ford, you're great. But... This isn't something I wanted to ignore. Okay. Um, he was anti-Semitic. <laughs> Ford! You he, ruined it! Yeah, I was like... For a split second, I debated talking about it, but then I realized that it was important to talk about the flaws. Oh, for sure. Like, if I was just talking up this guy and never talked about the bad stuff, you know, then, then how, how, how am I better? Is he? Yeah, like, how am I better than that? So, um, uh, many people don't see him in a great light because they say he's anti-Semitic. He sponsored a newspaper that printed many articles against Jews. No. Um, he was also very well known for having uh, anti-Semitic views that even Hitler looked up to him. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, fun fact. Uh, how fun is it, actually? Ford's the only American mentioned in Mein Kampf. Stop! He's mentioned Kampf. twice in Mein Kampf. Twice? Twice. Not in, like, excruciating detail or anything, but he's That's mentioned. That's enough. I've actually had to read part of that. Really? Yeah. For a class I took in college. Nice. Hated it. I have another fun fact. Hitler had a life-size portrait of Ford next to his desk. 
do. <laughs> Hitler said to have looked up to him, which is not great. Don't like that. No, not great. Um, one of Hitler's followers even went to Ford and asked him to support the Nazi cause, but Ford reportedly refused. Uh-huh. So, there's that. Um, Ford did end up publishing an apology letter, like, inside a Jewish... I don't remember if it was, like, a journal or a newspaper or something like that, uh, stating that he didn't have a hand in writing the articles and he didn't hold those beliefs. Um, but a lot of people didn't really believe him. Fair. They were like, he's only apologizing for business purposes. And they don't think that any of the articles would have gotten past him without review. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, the newspaper was closed down shortly thereafter. Because that was bad. And last but not least, here's my last little fact that I found really interesting and I remembered and made me happy and I think you'll like it too. Mm-hmm. In Aldous Huxley's dystopian society of Brave New World. <laughs> you've no. read this, right? Yeah. Okay. The world dates its years as AF. That stands for Annum Fordum, also known as the year of the year of our Ford. The year of our Ford. May Hux- the Ford be with you. Yes. Yes. Huxley's characters also use Henry's name as Our Ford instead of Our Lord. And the cross is replaced with the capital T, a nod to the model T. Hate that. I don't know why Huxley decided to do that. He was like, mm-hmm. but he did. I wrote a messed up book. Oh, that book is terrible. So that means I need to just keep going. That book. I was in ninth grade when I read. I think when I read that one and 1984. I, I actually liked. It scared my little brain. <laughs> like just- they. They were good, but I was so scared because I was like, America can be like that. Yeah. Yeah. It scared um, me. So I didn't want to think about it. So I immediately was like, I don't like this book. I actually didn't mind. I need to reread them now that I ha- can have an appreciation. But um, I read Brand New World on my own time without realizing. Really? Yeah. I didn't. I mean, I heard that it was like a really popular novel and stuff uh-huh. and like everyone's read it and all that stuff. So, so I you're said, like, I'm gonna read it. Same with the color purple. Oh yeah. I think a color purple messed me up more than. I don't think I ever read that one. It hurts. I managed to skip. It's a good book. I managed to skip all the classes that made you read things like. <laughs> made you read. Well, like I took dual credit English my junior year, and we it was like actual college level so I skipped all the AP classes where they made you read all those books yeah so yeah but that's my story I'm done <laughs> that's good did you like learning about Ford I did uh, up until a point. up until the end <laughs> then I didn't like it as much why do yeah. you always do that why do you always find ones that just messes you up I like... <laughs> I like to be messed I like <laughs> to mess with you. Oh, thank you. Well, that's cool. You were lying then, right? He wasn't actually anti-Semitic. Um, no. Okay, uh, but... Okay, cool. Uh, that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> so, what are we doing next time? No idea. We can do dreams. Dreams? Dream, 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 dream. Hit the hay fast asleep. Dream a dream, little please. Dream, 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 dream. Yeah, let's do dreams. Let's do dreams. Okay, let's. Oh, we got rock paper scissors first. Rock paper scissors shoot. How? <laughs> your, your ring always attacks me. I'm sorry. The South wins. A victory for the South. We should keep telling <laughs> I mean, we can go back through and, like, yeah, listen. Yeah, we can. And see who's winning. Yes. It's a victory for the South. South. Don't look. Alright, that's it. While you're writing that down. 
follow us on all of our social media, which includes Instagram, Twitter, Instagram and Twitter. That's cool. Uh, at A-C-E-A-O-T-A, A-C-E-O-T-A. That's it. Sweet, simple, and we're there for you. Uh, also, send us all of your personal stories, like your paranormal stories. I would love to read some paranormal stories, if you know Ooh, what I'm saying. Me too. I love me some ghosties. Girl, same. Uh, if you're doing a psychological experiment, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know all we about it. We just want to know all of the things. Um, if you have some historical fun facts, I need to read them. I need some more fun facts to fill my brain cells rather than, like, my schoolwork. And, guys, if you don't think it's, like, interesting enough, I promise <laughs> <We will>. you <laughs> it is. <laughs> we, or if you think, yeah. like, oh, I'll send it later. No. Send it now. Send it now. We're we impatient. want it. Please. 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 Great. Now? So. Thanks. Send us uh, your stories at podcast at gmail.com. That is A-C-E-A-O-T-A podcast at gmail.com Wow. Whoa. And the best place to rate and subscribe to us and like us is still on iTunes Podcast. Woo! So leave us your reviews. Please. Please. Just leave us what was the word? Oh, noise. <laughs> leave I'm us a noise. Give us a noise. Give us a noise. 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 Just Please? one word. Nice. And we will shout That's, you out. We will give you some love. That is spelled N-O-I-C-E, by the way. Nice. We'll give you some love yes. on our next uh, listeners episode. We have so much love to give and no I one know. to give it to, so please. I mean, yeah. Hey, if I know you in real life and you haven't sent us a, a good comment on our Apple iTunes... I will find you and hug you until you do it. <laughs> and not let go. <laughs> until you leave us a noise. Until you leave us a noise. <laughs> and subscribe. And subscribe. Subscribe! Subscribe. But, yeah, leave us a noise or if you actually want to leave us a real review. That'd be cool, too. That'd be pretty great. We take it. We read it. I guess. We read them. Maybe. So, yeah. Until next time. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Love ya. Michigan slow enough, it sounds like you're saying chicken. My chicken. <laughs> Michigan, 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 my chicken, little chicken, my biscuit chicken. <laughs> a Michigan, a Michigan, a Michigan, a Michigan, We're sleep deprived. My waifu. <laughs> Hitler's waifu was Henry Ford. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Did he have a Takamura of him? One of those pillows? <laughs> I mean, did he? Oh. <laughs> no. Um, you researched him. <laughs>